is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free. The number for you is 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. And it's brought to you by SACL CAI. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And want to invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find a, a bunch of features there, and they're all for free. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours we give away. And the main feature actually allows you to influence the stuff we'll talk about on the air by submitting show prep suggestions and things that you think our listeners would enjoy because it's the other listeners that get to vote on what it is that you submit. So uh, you get to vote too, of course. And then the most voted up of the items will make it to the front page of the site, meaning more people will see them and we're more likely to talk about them. So get over and get interactive for free over at freetalklive.com. Of course, open phones as always. You can call it about anything, 800-259-9231. I want to welcome our brand newest affiliate and our first in the political geographic region known as Utah. In fact, uh, Price Utah's Cole AM750. That's got a big, co- big coverage. 10,000 watts down at the low end of the AM dial. Yeah, it's got yeah, that goes away. Quite a bit of coverage. So welcome to our Utah listeners. They've been tuned in for, I think, about a week or so there. Uh, if you've listened before, you know that Free Talk Live is a little bit unusual when it comes to the typical uh, talk radio that you get. This show is not hosted by Republicans or Democrats. We are not here to push a political agenda about getting somebody elected or whatever it is those Republican and Democrat shows are doing. We're here to talk to you about anything, and uh, you'll find that we have a, a viewpoint that cannot be pigeonholed into one of those two sides. Uh, However, it is consistent. Yes, it is pro-liberty every issue, every time. So I'm uh, going to jump into a, a story here that I found over at LewRockwell.com, and it's from Spiked-Online.com, and it's written by a 20-year-old student in the United States who's visiting from Britain. So this person is, is uh, you know, they, they, were not, they didn't grow up here. They grew up in a, a climate where I think alcohol uh, drinking is a little bit more tolerated for, for younger people. And he's, he's pretty shocked by what he's found here as far as the, the rules are concerned in regards to what underage so-called drinkers, people under the age of 21, have to deal with. And uh, so he writes, and his name is Austin Post, he says, I've always thought that Britons enjoyed less freedom than us Americans with regards to virtually every aspect of life, save one, underage drinking policies. So I was sorry to learn through Spiked that the British government has decided to take a page from the insane playbook of the anti-alcohol lobby in America. If you want to see what the future might look like for younger adult drinkers, if you Brits don't stop this creeping authoritarianism, take a look at what Uncle Sam has been up to. As a college student in the United States and having worked at a grocery store for a while, I know plenty about the underage drinking laws and their enforcement. To start with, the legal drinking age in the United States is 21, compared with 18 in the U.K., in the U.S., showing... I think I, it even used to be lower than that. I'm not sure. That would be a good question for I some I think it's our, 18 to get in pubs. Is uh, At least this is how it was when I was younger. You mean if you were at home with your parents, you'd be legally able to yes. drink there? In most places in Europe, you can absolutely drink at home with your parents. In the United States, it's against it's a crime. the law. It's a criminal yeah, it's act a, for your parents yeah, to do it's that. It's a crime to uh, to drink at home with your kids. They won't, generally will not enforce this crime. However, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, sometimes you make a police officer angry or they don't like you you for whatever reason some of them have vendettas based on ethnic issues who knows exactly so uh it's been recently become more and more common for stores to demand identification from everyone purchasing alcohol again talking about what's happening here uh in the united states due to the fear of fines regardless of age 
In fact, the UK's legal limit of 18 and British supermarkets Think 21 and Think 25 policies, whereby checkout staff are required to ask anyone who looks under the specified age for ID, are lax compared to some U.S. states. In Michigan, by law, anybody under 30 must be ID'd. And it wouldn't surprise me if one-day pensioners get asked for identification, too. Undercover police informants go from store to store attempting to purchase alcohol without identification and then presenting a fine of up to uh, $1,000 if the establishment serves them. I found it particularly interesting to learn from Dolan Cummings' report that a 17-year-old in Britain was not allowed to carry her grandmother's bag because it contained alcohol. Again, this seems to replicate U.S. patterns. We've seen this uh, this this happen here in the United States, where um, you know parents will be with their teenage children going through the grocery line, and they won't allow them to purchase the alcohol because yet you know simply because they're in close proximity to a teenager, right? Because the you know maybe the mother looks a little little young. Than she may, and they think that that's some you know some scam. They're, you're going to give this to this this minor. That minor's my child. Ah, we don't know what to do. Oh, they'll just refuse sale. Right? It's crazy because they're scared of uh, the various different stings that are going around. Now he says that here it's a widely accepted law that people under 18 are not allowed to handle alcohol within business establishments. Waiters and cashiers under 18 are required to deny the sale of alcohol to adult customers, sending them to another checkout or service person. It's also illegal for people over 21 to purchase alcohol for minors, although the practice is common. Even more ridiculous is the experience of drinking on college campuses. Here, drinking tends to take place behind closed doors, and uh, police regularly patrol areas where underage drinking is known to occur. In some areas, enforcement is lax, but not, or excuse me, but in Allendale, Michigan, home of Grand Valley State University, where I study, the police do not even offer warnings. If a person under 21 is caught with an open container of alcohol, he or she can be find over $200 and will have a criminal record. And you know this is a large you know to some extent it's fundraising. Uh, these municipal governments, state Absolutely. governments, they don't have, they don't enjoy the the, uh, the 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 great thing about being the federal government, which is being able to print your own money. So they have to get the money any way they can. And rich college kids. I it's mean, a good target. What's a cop but an armed fundraiser in most yeah. instances? I, that's not what they went in the business to do, but that's what the governments have turned them into because there's no money in catching arsonists and robbers and things right. like that. There's all kinds of money in extorting college students for, uh, you know, for their parents' hard-earned money. Absolutely. Mommy and daddy are going to have a, a stern talking to uh, with their son or daughter, and then they're going to pony up. In addition, the person, if the person is a college student, he or she is required by the university to attend alcohol education classes or risk expulsion. For being caught with as little as a single beer, students are treated as if they are hardcore alcoholics. The punishment increases on the second offense, and the third offense can carry jail time. Worst of all is the situation with judges. Some of them offer diversion programs and allow underage drinkers to wipe out their convictions. But uh, draconian judge in Michigan, Judge Kenneth Post, is notorious at my university for never letting people off with warnings and never expunging their records. While elsewhere, it's common after some time to have the judge expunge the record. In Ottawa County, those hoping to do so... Wait a second. This expunging the record is just the way that rich people get around convictions. You can... I mean, this costs hundreds and hundreds... Low thousands of dollars to get your, your record expunged in most cases. Some of them will have these automatic expungements. Mm-hmm. situations but you know this i would i'd be willing to bet people that this happens for people that are above a certain uh you know financial bracket significantly more often than it happens for people below 
So while elsewhere, it's common after some time to have the judge expunge the record. In Ottawa County, those hoping to do so will have to wait until Post is out of office and petition the judge who replaces him. Perhaps the most enraging aspect of American drinking policies is the fact that a person can be ticketed simply for being in the same room as underage drinkers. It's common for university roommates to be fined for underage drinking, even though they themselves were not drinking alcohol. Which means that if you are somebody who is around young people who are drinking, it doesn't matter how old you are, if you simply are allowing it to occur in your presence... You are committing a criminal act. It's, it's attempting to turn people into enforcers for the government. Oh, whoa, you, you can't have that around here. I, I can't let you in my home if you've got a beer in your hand there, 19-year-old friend of mine. I mean, it's just crazy, these rules. And then, uh, and especially if you're talking about dorm rooms. I mean, that means that you have a couple of options as a, uh, if it's late on a Friday night, you can put earplugs in, roll over and attempt to sleep while your, your, you know, your roommate and their friend, uh, you know, have a few beers and, and play on the computer or whatever it is they do. Or, uh, you know, in, if you know they're drinking, then you, then you leave the room and you can't sleep, or you have to call the law and, and turn them in. That's that's sick. Yeah, I mean, it is sick. What I was told when I was a kid, my mom, uh, you know, was sitting in the 1971 Cutlass with the uh, Cabriolet top. My mom said what separated us from the Russians was the Russians tried to get their kids to inf- uh, the the Soviet Union tried to get the the children to inform on their parents. And this is what it's uh, the, the government's turning our nation into as a nation of snitches. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. You uh, like the drinking laws in this country? It's free talk law. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zempax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. Lots of features on our site. They're free. And one of them is our webcam. You can go and watch and listen to the show as well as chat with other listeners. Go to cam.freetalklive.com to get interactive and enjoy the uh, free webcam. That's cam.freetalklive.com. It is brought to you by MemoryDealers.com. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers out there, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. If you were wondering what optical transceivers are there's one way to find out go to memorydealers.com and check out that list we're sharing with you a an article from spike-online.com by a 20 year old uh, britain who is going to college in michigan and he's just shocked at the absurdity of the drinking laws here in the united states and as he started out he pointed he points out that he always thought that Britons were less free than uh, than Americans, and this is one area where Britons actually have uh, more freedom, is that they can drink legally at age 18. And Mark, as you suggested, it may be legal for uh, parents to have a drink with their, their kids at home, even if they're under the age That's of 18. That's all over Europe, largely. Yeah. 
And so he's kind of just running down the various different absurdities, uh, the drinking laws that Americans just kind of, uh, you know, they look at and they figure, well, you're you're an adult when you're 21, and uh, that's just how it is. Even though everybody who's ever had a drink has likely had one before the age of 21, which pretty much means everybody's a criminal. Uh, if you want to use that definition of criminal, I personally don't much care for that. I think crime is only really a crime when somebody is victimized, when there is somebody who is who has done harm. But I'm curious, if you're out there listening to us talking about this, and you support these drinking laws where everybody who looks under the age of 50 uh, gets identified, you know, should, you have to show ID, some sort of government ID, uh, where you've got laws that say that if you are in the same room as somebody else who's underage, whether you're underage or not, you will also be charged with a crime. How about internal possession? He hasn't mentioned that one in here. Internal possession. So if you've already drank the beer and the cops happen to come in and bust up the party and they, they think that you've been drinking, then I don't know if they have to test you for internal possession, but they'll arrest you for internal possession. Well, most arrests, it doesn't really matter what kind of evidence they have for most arrests because most people take most arrests, the just, plea they take the plea bargain and yeah. that's it. So, you know, the, the only time the police officers and the prosecution actually has to show evidence is when it goes to trial. And Americans, the American judicial system has been uh, co-opted by, I guess, lazy attorneys uh, that just want to see a bunch of convictions um, rather than. Rather than actually trying to dispense justice, which is this jury of your peers, they have this uh, this plea bargaining system, which does nothing but but uh, you know, help guilty criminals and lazy at- attorneys. I mean, this this is a couple of people that you groups of people that you're really not looking to help, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. Who else does it help? It certainly doesn't help victims. If no. uh, if victims, if somebody you actually victimize somebody, you should get the full punishment the law has to offer. Not some, not be able to cop out to it. If you're innocent and you're scared to death, rightly so, that the legal system is going to run you through the mill and that you're not going to have much of a chance because you can't afford an attorney, a, a competent attorney. Well, th- then you're going to take the plea. The, how does that help you? So I'm just curious to see if you're if you're listening to this kind of outline of the the government drinking laws. Maybe some of them you were aware of, maybe some you weren't, uh, and you're a supporter of them. Do you think that do you think that the things should be a little bit more strict? Is it not has it not gone far enough? Has uh, the Wait, prohibitions coming back? There was, you know, there was a time when it, all alcohol was completely um, outlawed, and now it's uh, now they're they're trying to up the age. Uh, you know, it's it's gone from nineteen in most states, eighteen in some states, on up to twenty one. Who knows where it'll stop? Because there's still all kinds of problems with alcohol. The way to stop uh, college students uh, who are under the age of twenty one from drinking is to, because this is the same argument that was always made in high school. You can't let eighteen year olds drink because they'll bring the alcohol to high school and pass it out amongst the kids. Well, what about the college students? Aren't I don't know the about you. Year but... olds giving the uh, the twenty year olds alcohol. Yeah, I don't know about you, Mark, but when I was in high school, alcohol was available. Absolutely, it wasn't a, it wasn't a problem. Most high schoolers report now that marijuana is easier to get than alcohol. I mean, this goes to show how stupid any of these yeah. laws are. So I'm just curious if you are supportive of the current uh, the status quo. Uh, why do you actually believe you're stopping young people from drinking? 1-800-259-9231. Isn't that your goal? I mean, isn't that the purported purpose here is to stop young people from drinking alcohol? Because that's there not any, happening. Right. Is there any evidence that all, despite all of these, uh, these laws, that's actually happened? 1-800-259-9231. Back really, to what they do is just give young people a, a hard records. time and criminal records. So... 
let's get back to the story here from Spiked-Online. This is, again, a 20-year-old uh, Briton who's going to school in America. So he says that, in other words, even with the recent drive to demand identification from purchasers of alcohol who look under 25, this is a new thing they're doing in Britain, their efforts in Britain against underage drinking pale in comparison to the puritanical fervor of America. Now, let's cut to the chase. I'm 20 years old. I'm not complaining that I have to drink behind closed doors because I myself do not drink alcohol. A very rare beast. Uh, I'm complaining because I resent the idea that the law treats me, a person who could have been serving in Afghanistan for the past two years, who's asked to carry every responsibility of adulthood, and who could walk into a hardware store tomorrow and purchase a shotgun as a person who is not allowed to buy alcohol. What angers me is the fact that I'm not viewed as an equal in the eyes of the law. I'm angry not just about the high legal legal drinking age limit, but also with the fervor with which it is enforced, leading to ridiculously draconian interference with the personal choices of adults there's an aura of stalinism in the very idea that a person should be asked to show papers simply in order to procure a common consumer product let me just leave these parting words to my british friends if you're disturbed by any of the examples i've given then it's time for you to take action in your country now one reasonable demand to show identification can expand into a regulatory regime on par with america's and that's how it happens and and he's right about that it's it's one step after another it never comes down all at once it's always one new little modification to the existing laws oh yeah well that well, makes it's, sense it's the it's the frog of the pot analogy that yeah. uh, that we so so often have heard that if you if you leave if you put a frog in a pot and you turn up the uh, the, the heat just a little bit at, a time. Notice. at some point or another, the frog's boiled and it never hopped out. Let's go to the phones and the fun. Sarah's on the line listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Sarah. Sarah, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, How are you? Great. What's on your mind tonight? I just, I'm a believer that the law should stand. Really? Why? Um, for several reasons. I am a 24-year-old mm-hmm. and I feel that if I had stricter if, if the rules were stricter five years ago and they were doing the things in college that they're doing now, then I wouldn't drink as much as I do today because I have to say, for someone my age, I drink a lot of alcohol um, alone, not just out socially, because of my exposure to it. Well, don't you, I mean, don't you think that that's your decision? Like, you got to make those decisions, and other people should get to make other decisions, and enforcing rules that might be helpful to you. Like, for instance, I could, uh, you know, I, I could I could pay my friend Ian here to punch me in the nose every time I lit up a cigarette, but, you know, like, maybe that's not a good rule to uh, to put across the board. Go around punching everybody in the nose when they light a cigarette. Sarah, if you don't mind, I'd like to, to have you hang on and come back and talk a little bit more about what your experience was like, and... And if you think that things are stricter today than they were five years ago, and should they be stricter still? 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. 
Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site there for free. Uh, Head on over there. You can get news updates. You can get them the way you want them via email, Twitter, or Facebook. You choose. It's all free at news.freetalklive.com. Also, go to johndennis2010.com. John Dennis is running against Nancy Pelosi in the San Francisco Bay Area. And, you know, you really can't find too many politicians worse than Nancy Pelosi out there. Uh, The only way to get rid of her? Well, support the guy who's running against her. He's, uh, He's the kind of Republican that can truly win in San Francisco. Go find out his planks. Uh, there at johndennis2010.com. If I'm, uh, if I am, and and Ian, as a matter of fact, are endorsing endorsing this guy, you know he's one heck of a politician. johndennis2010.com. All right, so we're going to continue here uh, talking about the alcohol laws in this country and how uh, absolutely ludicrous they are. As at least according to a 20 year old from Great Britain who's comparing the the regime in Great Britain to the as he describes it puritanical draconian uh, situation here in the United States. Sarah's with us listening to WVTS and she says that uh, she wishes alcohol laws were stricter when uh, she was in college. Sarah, are you still with us? Oh, she just dropped off the line. That is unfortunate because there's somebody there. Hello? Who's that? I hear an open line. Well, anyway, uh, so Sarah was saying that uh, she wishes things were uh, were stricter when she was in college, and I don't know if that that much has changed in the last five years as far as alcohol uh, enforcement and laws. If I'm wrong about that, please uh, please let me know. I think they're always going in a general direction of more insanity and more uh, crackdowns and that sort of thing, but I don't know if anything significant has really changed. Uh, but I think it's interesting that people like Sarah – I think a lot of the folks that are advocating prohibitions or modified prohibitions, semi-prohibitions, more control, more rules, more enforcement, doesn't it usually come down to, in many cases, that this person has a problem personally, that they have an issue with whatever it is that, that they're, they're wanting to prohibit, whether it's cigarettes or whether it's alcohol and that kind of thing. Pornography. In this case, yeah, certainly <laughs> pornography. Gambling. Uh, right. Uh, so, so please, government, please control everyone so maybe I will be able to control myself. And, right, you know, and and the right, and and it's a plea to have me pay for whatever ch- kind of cheap counseling she wants to get. You know, like she, the assumption is is that somehow the uh, this this drinking thing will be solved through crackdowns, and really, there's no historical evidence of this at all. I mean, show me the the historical evidence that you can crack down on a prohibited addictive substance, assuming uh, drinking is. I think it it's certainly alcohol's addictive for some people, and that it somehow lessens the amount of people that do it because i just don't <laughs> i'd love to see that i don't, if you, if I you don't can... see that as being the case i suppose you can talk about in, individual and um, anecdotal evidence of that but uh, you well know. that's what she's saying she's saying that if only they'd had stricter rules maybe i wouldn't be drinking alone today maybe you'd be maybe you would have uh, drank bathtub gin gotten poisoned and died uh, i mean you know this... or maybe uh, the, you would have gotten busted under the stricter rules because again right. and then have yourself a criminal record and be able not be able to get a better 
uh, the job that you have today. Right. So therefore, you have every more reason to drink, to drink to, alone to, to, because you're depressed, and then of course, drinking will make you more depressed, and and so on and so forth. So I just don't I just don't see it. And of course, it ignores the people that are drinking responsibly. Not everybody who's a teenager goes crazy and uh, and binge drinks. Certainly, it's common. Well, I, yeah, the reason that it's common is because they don't get to drink until they're out of their parents' care. Mm-hmm. And this, I think, is the very worst part of this whole puritanical prohibition that we have on alcohol, is that families are scared of teaching their children to drink. And drinking is an important part of life. Even if you do not consume alcohol at all, you must admit that the vast majority, and I'm just going to guess here, but I'm going to say 90 Something 90x percent of Americans have consumed alcohol. I, would I think suspect that's a fair guess. I'd suspect it's above 95. That's just me taking a poke in the dark. But even if you don't drink, you have to admit that there's lots and lots and lots of people that do, and that this is a very important, uh, ubiquitous activity. It, it goes on everywhere. So wouldn't you want? People that care about young people to be the ones that are teaching them how to do it instead of pimply faced, uh, you know, suicidal individuals that have uh, very little grasp on uh, consequences and, and in actions. Let's go to the phone calls. Get your thoughts. Racine is on the line in Grand Rapids listening to WTKG. Hello, Racine. Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Hi, I just wanted to call in. Uh, my husband actually went to Grand Valley State in Allendale and, um, we spent our first married, our first year of married life on campus there, so kind of familiar of the way the campus works mm-hmm. and the, the security there. But um, I also wanted to reiterate what you guys were just saying about the the drinking laws and the restrictions and how there's there's not that opportunity for parents to um, kind of ingrain the right kind of ideas into their their children's heads. And um, I'm only 25 myself, so my experience as a young underage drinker are pretty fresh in my mind. And I know that kids are, they have a tendency to want to engage in forbidden activities. Yeah. And the lengths that you're willing to go to, to get alcohol, to be in those types of situations, I think those are more detrimental than if alcohol was available to them readily, because you think about they're going to parties where there are no parents, um, older kids, maybe even adults that are willing to take advantage of younger people. So what ways would you what ways would you suggest that uh, advantage might be taken? I mean, of, of of an adult who wants to of a young person who wants to score some alcohol. What different things could an uh, could an adult do to take advantage of that young person? Well, the, I think the sky's the limit. I mean, there are a lot of bad people out there, and um, you know, you want to go to a party. There there are people there that you might not know, and as like a 16 or 17 year old person you're extremely vulnerable and then there's alcohol in the mix and you're going to drink and your inhibitions are going to be lowered so Mm -hmm. i just think that you know if if the kids were able to have it in the environment of their homes i know that as a parent also i want my kids to be exposed to it with us and have it be no big thing so they're not looking for the next party where there aren't going to be parents and just 
it doesn't seem... I think that your perspective is entirely spot on, and I want to thank you for calling in tonight to share that at 800-259-9231. I couldn't disagree with anything she says. She reminded me of of something else. Is One of the reasons that adults don't participate in the kind of uh, crazy drunken behavior that college students do is because adults tend to drink in uh, bar atmospheres, and alcohol costs more there. It's this sort of natural governing factor on behavior. I'm not saying that... that, that, When you you say adults, what do you mean? People above the age of 21. I've seen some pretty dumb... 21-year-olds in downtown Keene. I'm just, I I understood. I'm just saying that there's this natural governing behavior that for me, uh, I I can tell you how I act, um, how I have acted in the past when there's been an open bar. Free drinks, everybody! Versus how it is that I've acted when I go to a regular bar and Mm -hmm. have to pay $8 for a martini. These are completely different activities for me. I see where you're coming from. So that young people don't have that same li- that same uh, limiting. I'm not saying it's foolproof. It by no means is foolproof. But, right. uh, you know, they, they don't have that same atmosphere. The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. And I don't know whether Ireland's a good example here. Uh, you know, people tend to uh, want to call the Irish a nation of drunks. I don't know. But um, it's my understanding that in Ireland, I was told by an Irishman, that is all you have to do is be uh, is, is for the bartender to, to decide to serve you, essentially. There's no law deciding how old you have to be to be served in a bar. Take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Let's go to Matthew in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Matthew. Good uh, afternoon, I guess, hey there, there. gentlemen. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, uh, well, I'm I'm going to be facetious, so I guess I'll call myself out now. But I'm actually not really for uh, being even stricter. I'm sorry. You, we've got a problem with your phone. I'm going to put you on hold, Matthew. Maybe we'll have you call back in, or maybe your cell phone uh, will clear up. It sounded like he was saying he thinks drinking laws should be stricter. And I really, if that's what he was saying, I really would like to hear about that. How about the death penalty for drinking underage? I mean, that's about as strict as it could get, right? That'll teach those kids a lesson. One eight hundred. Maybe the cop. Maybe the cops can just execute them right there on the spot. You know, no more need for a trial or anything like that. They're How about breaking that? the law. The One, law is yeah, the law. Right. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and share with us your stories about uh, maybe your encounters with the police under age and what happened, or maybe you're a law enforcement officer and you want to chime in. It's free talk. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. Dial in, toll-free, take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You want to help support Free Talk Live? You like the show? You want to put a few bucks in our pockets? Well, you can do that by going to amazon.freetalklive.com to uh, get your shopping done. You know what you need to get. You know what you might want. Well, Amazon probably has it. In fact, 
They may have it brand new and used. Got a used items uh, option there as well. Go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Get your shopping done and feel good because you're getting a great price delivery to your door. A huge selection. And you're going to help Free Talk Live. If you enter through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, we will get a portion of Amazon's profits. Yeah, and I want you to check out uh, Tim A. Cummins' new podcast, Verbal Surgery. I personally like to listen to Verbal Surgery because... They they make they make me feel better. <laughs> they're they're uh, it's it's great. It's inspirational stuff. And if you want to enjoy life and live it to its fullest, verbal surgery will remind you how to do that. You he's uh, he's one he's a new sponsor for Free Talk Live, and his uh, his podcasts are awesome. He ra- he aims to radiate your brain for maximum gain. Check it out at verbal surgery.com it's verbal surgery.com all right so we're going to continue here uh, i believe we've got matthew back in california with a better connection here matthew you're back on free talk live we've been talking about the drinking age and the ludicrous drinking restrictions and what were your thoughts well i have got both sides of the situation let me give you the, the anti-law i used to live in germany when i was about the same age as this young gentleman who's coming from europe and i used to go to bars quite frequently when i was there there was, there was not a problem with underage people being at the bar because it wasn't taboo, and they never came. It, it, you could go to a bar at 19, at 20, while you were in Europe as a you know, European kid, and they, they never showed up. It, just, it lost its appeal mm-hmm. when it was legalized. You could do it at home, so what's the point of going out? You know, the kids were out doing things, but they weren't out drinking. They were out having coffee at the little walk plots. It was a little like mall of Europe. So... That's what they did. Yeah, lots, so lots made, less uh, alcoholism in uh, you know sort of mainland Europe too. Yes. Now the reason I'm pro for it is because those kind of laws keep me employed. I work what? as an undercover security guard at a grocery store, and let me tell you, fifty percent of the people I stop, and I work in a very affluent neighborhood in California, but fifty percent of the people I stop are for alcohol. It's because the kids can't buy it; they've got money in their pocket. I mean, kids who are getting ready to get full scholarships to Stanford, driving up in Porsches, mm-hmm. can't go into a store and buy alcohol. I bust them. So they're I stealing it. Li- yeah, for stealing it. I, I try not to ruin their lives. Unless they fight or run, then I have to call the police, and then these, these kids get, you know, it's not helping them at all by them going to jail. But well, why would you, wait a minute, come on. Now, why, I mean, you're, you're tongue-in-cheek, right? I mean, you don't support these laws. <laughs> Clearly, there are going to, you're going to have issues with theft at any store, period, whether or not there are kids coming in to steal well, alcohol. I'm saying for me personally, it makes my life, it puts money in my pocket because if the kids weren't stealing alcohol, I wouldn't have a job. This is of a great point. You know, whether he actually morally supports it or not, Ian, it's a great point that the, these laws really only uh, benefit the, well, the homeless guys that will go in and, and buy alcohol for kids, uh, cops who are employed, a larger police force employed to go find kids that are drinking and acting in a rowdy fashion because they don't know how to drink because they weren't taught by their parents how to do it, prosecutors who, uh, you know, fill up their dockets with victimless crimes, and security guards who uh, go after kids who would otherwise pay for alcohol but have to stay it because that's the only way to get it gotta say hey i participated in that when i was uh underage too i'm just i mean just putting it out that's the facts if those if those laws were changed i would be out of a job why do you think that i mean why do you think that uh, you, you said there are other instances of loss happening in that store why would that particular change put you out of a job it's not going to eliminate people who are desperate and looking to uh to pocket an item because 50 percent of the theft that goes on in a store or at least I've noticed 50% of the people I stop are alcohol thefts. 
Now, if you eliminate those 50, 50% of the people I catch, well, then it might not justify my salary. If you, How many I mean, loss control agents does your store ha- have on duty at any given time? Usually, um, let's see, There's I work for Lucky's. Or I shouldn't probably be saying this, but there's probably 20 stores in my area probably five guys on duty at any time so you have a i mean per store so per store there's at, at most one guy on duty right most. and most one guy on duty not not even every day it's mostly weekends and high you know high step days mm-hmm. which I will not, you know friday saturday night sure 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 so Friday before the game you know i i think it's just sad that i mean like you get it but yet at the same time you support the He's laws pointing it out I- no, no, no. I, I, I wish it wasn't there. Really, I really wish it wasn't. I wish I, I wish I didn't have the job I had. You know, I, I see. Not what I went to school for. But the reality of the situation is that without theft, I don't have a job. There wouldn't be theft if that law was legal. Or that that wasn't a law. So how many of the how many of the you said fifty percent of the thefts are alcohol related? How many of the alcohol thefts are underagers? I'd say eighty to eighty-five percent. Mm-hmm. Most people. Most of the people who come in to steal alcohol, I mean, we have cheap bottles for 10 bucks. If you, you know, yeah, yeah, a lot of people try to steal the $100 bottle, but if they're stealing a $10, bo- $10 bottle, I know they're minors before I even, you know, and, and minors are so easy to catch because they look young, you know, and you're, you're, you're 19 and you're on the alcohol aisle, it's, you can't buy it, so I can just wait for you at the door. Matthew, and, I want to okay. th- thank you for the call and the thoughts tonight here at 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Chris listening in Knoxville. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, hey easy, bud. Hey, Sorry Chris. about that, guys. My no kids problem. are storming my legs right now. No we problem. Love your kids. Hey, what's hey, on, what's hey, on your mind? Easy, easy young lady. Um, yeah, I just wanted to call and comment on, on the, uh, I think this issue has been touched on several of the callers so far. But um, I am. A, I did spend some time overseas just after I turned 21, so uh, I had some experience, kind of pretty close to one another, from being a, a late 20-year-old uh, uh, using alcohol irresponsibly because mm-hmm. you only did it on infrequent occasions, and then going overseas and seeing plenty of 18, 17-year-olds in bars uh, using it responsibly till the wee hours of the morning. Mm. So. It's interesting to me how just the education and treatment of, of the substance uh, influences how people used it. Isn't and it, though? vastly, vastly different. Yeah, they, they act what's out. What's interesting to me is, is the, uh, the sort of the American versus the European way of dealing with these things. Europeans don't yeah. have near the drug problem that, they, that the Americans to have either, and they don't participate in this kind of crackdown mentality. And it's, it just seems to be pervasive in the American mentality. I'm not saying that uh, there's probably something good about this aspect, but I can tell you the negative aspect is whenever Americans don't see something they like, it's like, crackdown, throw them away, throw them in the jail. And we well, have have far more people in prison in this in this country and are responsible for paying for these people. Most of them, you know, have no victim in their crime, and uh, you know, the the only victim is the taxpayer who's uh, who has to uh, to pay for this. Well, you know, I'd like to I'd like to respond to that as well. Uh, an interesting thing to me also is what we choose to crack down on. So uh, folks who uh, are addicted to nicotine uh, may have some kind of moral objection to alcohol, so they crack down on alcohol, not realizing that the behavior is manifest in them with a different substance. Caffeine. Um, I mean, talk about a ubiquitous uh, addiction there. Yeah. Yeah, caffeine. uh, You know, you name it. Prescription drugs are uh, probably a big one where uh, folks now are, you know, on, on multiple antidepressants or what have you. 
you know, and the, the, the symptoms are all the same, so underlying disease, but, and I guess my parting comment, this is also an important issue for me, is uh, this notion of cracking down on substance use and abuse, um, and that goes for food, behavior of any kind. In my view, uh, as, as an American, uh, I am in the armed forces. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a freedom advocate. I believe in freedom in all things, and education in all things. Uh, so uh, the more that we try to control what other folks do, the more we're inviting control on what we do. Oh, boy, are you uh, right about that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, he who I'm attempts to control others will uh, inevitably find himself controlled. Yeah, I'm not advocating for anarchy. That's not at all what I seek. But I, I do seek an educated public who, who who behaves in a responsible fashion. You know? to- right, that, tolerance. And if you want people to act responsibly, yeah. you have to allow them to make mistakes, and you have to yeah. allow them to experience the uh, you know the, the consequences of those mistakes. And you have to al- and and the key word here is allow to allow people to be free and to make choices for themselves, even at a young age. And if you allow people to make their own choices, then all of a sudden you, you'll you start seeing them make better choices more often because they're learning. And they'll have the ability, as Mark was talking about, to learn at home with their parents or and learn responsible methods of drinking. I didn't learn how to drink responsibly until my late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And it's, what I find sa- the saddest part of all this is that young people begin to drive at 16 in this country. And I don't know about you, but when you had your first uh, you know, experience of, of drinking too much alcohol, but it sure happened to me within months of me uh, you know, getting my driver's license. And then you've, you're basically putting kids on the road. The least qualified people to be drinking and driving are out there drinking and driving. Chris, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Hour number two is on the way. Your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up... In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. We are kicking off the second hour of the live Saturday edition of the show. You can dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features that you'll find there totally free. In fact, uh, the front page of the site allows you, the listener, to control the content of the website. You find something online you want to share with the rest of our listeners, just go and submit it to the freetalklive.com website. It'll pop up and other listeners can vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. The most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website at freetalklive.com. So head over there, get interactive. You can take control of the airwaves here, 800-259-9231. We go to the phones and the fun to Australia, where Paul is on the line. Hello, Paul. Hi, Mark. Hi, Ian. How you guys going? Just super, Paul. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I wanted to pretty much talk about what you, uh, on the uh, same lines of the, of the uh, topic you, you guys are talking about, about the uh, 
Yeah, the prohibition uh, out of the only alcohol, like all the the harsh rules and stuff like that. Yeah, what's what are things um, like down there? I, but before you get to your point, what are things like down in Australia? Because last hour we were discussing the absurdities of the American system in comparison to the uh, British system, which isn't uh, yeah. so bad in comparison. Uh, what's what are things like down uh, down south? Well, here you got to be eighteen years old and not twenty one or twenty five. Uh, in America, is it like you have to be like twenty five in certain uh, states? No. no, it's it's 21. It's just that the the carding requirements continue to get more ludicrous. Uh, in many places, yeah. stores are so frightened of police stings that they have uh, instituted carding policies of people under the age of 30 or even higher in some cases. Interesting, interesting. Because, yeah, you've got to be 18 here. And um, I find it fascinating about how, uh, you know, it's like that old saying, you know, there's nothing like pruning a bush to make it grow more, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. You know, nothing like saying, no, you can't have it, and so other people want it more, you know? Absolutely. Especially teenagers. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And, um, and uh, like the gentleman said, a caller just beforehand, because I wanted to say it too, he beat, he beat me to it, but I've got one a little bit, a smidgen a bit further, is that the pharmaceutical industry is so infamous because isn't it true uh, that thousands of Americans and worldwide probably millions of people die from the pharmaceutical industry and people talk about yeah. drugs and yet here we have got the drug store, they even call it a drug store and people are, you know, damaging their bodies. It's true. Over 100,000, I think it's over 100,000, maybe 150,000 Americans die every single year from uh, properly prescribed uh, prescription medications. So I understand yeah, it. I believe drugs. those are the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Legal drugs. They call it legal drugs. I don't know about that, you know. Hey, Paul, uh, anything else you want to share with us tonight? No, that's a lot, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You should stick with the Americanisms. Ladies first, uh, we go to Ashley listening in Medford to KMED. Hello, Ashley. Hi. Um, you were talking about teaching children to drink responsibly before they're 21, like having their parents teach them. Yeah. And um, I do have children, and, of course, I don't want them to go out and binge drink and all of that. So how would you suggest teaching a child to responsibly drink at home? Do I go buy a bottle of alcohol and let my kids drink at home? I mean, I don't understand how you responsibly teach a child how to drink. Well, uh, first off, I would not claim to be the the child-rearing expert. There's probably somebody out there that's better (laughs) at this than I am. I've got a a two-and-a-half-year-old, and and all I can tell you is what my plans are, and I don't uh, intend to start with uh, putting Everclear in a sippy cup. (laughs) Like, that's not where I'm going to go. Uh, So uh, what they do in Europe, (laughs) as I understand it, is they get a small glass of wine, Wine and with meals at uh, you know when the parents have it um, and or and or beer sometimes uh, you know kids will drink beer in, in small quantities too and sometimes it'll be watered down and things like that I mean obviously you don't want to uh, to get them hammered the first time out look this look Johnny this is how mommy got to learn how to drink alcohol <laughs> um, you know the idea is to introduce it to them in you know in a slow fashion I would guess I, like I, you know, I I haven't had to study this for myself I'm just going off the top of my head here. Well, it's possible that within our listening audience tonight, we do have somebody out there who has done this with their children. Oh, I'm sure. We've got lots of uh, immigrant uh, listeners and things like that. And maybe they'd like to share their techniques at 800-259-9231, but I think that all sounds like a a good idea. Start slow and uh, take it easy and answer any questions they have honestly and 
And when they get older and they're teenagers and they're a little bit more acclimated to uh, to understanding what alcohol is and they you know may want to have uh, a party, uh, then it wouldn't be a problem to have it over at your house if you knew about it and you knew it was going on and everybody kept quiet. Well, there you're leaving yourself open to a certain amount of uh, of problems from a legal standpoint. Why would you be opening yourself up to, to problems? Because you are then contributing to the delinquency of other people's minors and, uh, you know, other parents. Pr- yeah, proofs. that's why they'd have to stay, you know, stay quiet. They would. I, yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm prepared to do all that. Or maybe if your but parents... I really uh, just care about my kid and his behavior when he goes out. If other people uh, want to leave the rearing of their children in this important area to pimply-faced uh, you know, morons in high school, they can go ahead and do that. Well, I would hope that your, your kids are... that you're close as a parent to your friend's your kids' friends' parents, and that maybe they would be as open-minded uh, as you are in that particular topic. Accidents will happen no matter what the circumstance. Would you rather have your kid drinking uh, and having their party at your house or some I stranger's would house? That. Yeah. Ashley, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I don't know about that because that kind of sounds like okay. Associate alcohol with partying. I'm not gonna. I don't think that that's how I will do it. No, I see where you're coming from. I'm just saying when they get to uh, to be a teenager, there may be certain pressures, uh, even right, though, even though you have educated them as to alcohol and how to drink appropriately, there may be certain pressures uh, for them to drink socially with their friends. And they would likely be fairly responsible about it if they were to go out and about and do it. But, uh, but I, I, for one, wouldn't have any qualms with having such a such an occasion. It wouldn't be like, you know, hundreds of kids or anything like that. It'd be your friend uh, or your your son or daughter at home with her handful of friends and you know that kind of thing you know a sleepover or whatever with alcohol yeah well i don't know i just it's hard i wish that i could just say you know my kids just don't drink at all but. <laughs> yeah there's you see that that is the uh that is the trap right you don't want your kids yeah. to have sex you don't want them to drink alcohol you don't want them to do drugs you don't want them to speed you don't want them to do a variety of things that you know that you did when you were in this age bracket and right. it's it's really an uh you know i i'm it's really just the sort of situation where it's unreasonable. I I would prefer it'd be a lot easier if uh, if if my son wouldn't do these things, but I know he's going to, so I'd prefer him to be better trained. I you know I all these things that happened to me in high school, I felt like I was completely unprepared for. The more open you can be with your kids on this topic, I think the better. And Ashley, I want to thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. Let's talk to Brandon, listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Hello, Brandon. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, you know, I'm listening to what you guys are talking about, and, you know, I just, we're uptight as a country. And I think that, you know, we need more social acceptance from people. You know, I mean, don't give people so much slack to hang themselves with, but nobody, everybody just wants to point the finger and say, that's bad, and... Well, there are a lot of people in this country that uh, that want to control the actions of others, and as I mentioned in the first hour, I think it has a lot to do with their in, them projecting their own problems onto other people and believing that everybody will have a, the same problem with alcohol that they do, and so therefore they need to uh, prohibit them from uh, touching it or even coming near it because they know that they themselves have a problem and they will drink too much and they are irresponsible with it, so everybody must be treated as though they are irresponsible little children. Yeah. Um, well, my grandpa was an alcoholic, and I grew up having known that. And I've drank pretty much through high school, from 10th grade, through college, through the military. And mm-hmm. 
I've seen different shades of it. There was a guy talking about, you know, you go overseas. You don't even have to go overseas. I mean, most bases, even stateside, they have it at, uh, you know, the commander's discretion. Whoever is in charge of the base can allow people to do what they want. Hmm. So they're regularly allowing underage uh, people, people under 21, to drink on certain military installations? Yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of, you know, there's a lot of people, the vast majority of the military has the, has the perspective that if you're able to take a bullet for your country, then you should be able to have a beer before you do. Same, I, I would have Makes to sense. agree. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate the call at 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Coming up, uh, Montana, they're looking at uh, the Republicans making being homosexual illegal? In 2010, you were fighting for your rights. In 2019, we are fighting for our lives. The last illusions of economic stability have shattered, revealing the financial dystopia that lies beneath the surface. The Federal Reserve has run out of lies and out of time. Those who stand for liberty will right their wrongs or die trying. Get involved with the epic animated feature-length film, Silver Circle, at silvercirclemovie.com. Just remember, when they control the money, they control everything. Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. Hey, if you've missed a moment of the show, you can download them right there on the front page of the website. We go back for the last week, and then if you click into the archive section, you'll go back all the way to late 2006. It's all free, but brought to you by HostGator. That's right. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com is the is the portal we've made so that you can get your first month completely free at HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name, whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website. You can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. They make it incredibly easy with their site builder tools and templates. Just use uh, just go through that uh, that portal. HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right, we continue taking your phone. Calls about what you want. 800-259-9231. The show has focused around underage drinking and uh, the absurdities of the government laws that attempt to prohibit it, which, of course, prohibition has unintended consequences every single time. And some of those consequences are that, well, young people in America just know they just don't know what the hell they're doing. uh, Many of them when it comes to drinking and that means they drink dangerously and more of them die as a result. So actually, that's what's happening because of these laws, because of people like Mothers Against Drunk Driving, who have, I believe, the best of intentions. uh, But then again, the road to hell is paved with those. So let's continue with your thoughts and talk to Ryan listening in Eureka. You're on Free Talk Live listening to KGOE. Hello, Ryan. Hey, how you doing? Yep, world famous KGOE. How you doing? Hey, just great. Um, What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead. Oh, just, you know, the whole drinking and stuff. I kind of have a a few feelings about that. You know, I, I grew up drinking, you know. Started drinking at young age when I was five and stuff. You're and, drinking uh, when you were five, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, sure. What kind I of drinking were you? Beer. How were you drinking uh, at age five? I'm just curious. I stole a couple beers from my mom and I hit them in the back of the trailer. We like lived out in Gilroy at the time. We had this trailer attached to the barn and stuff. So I hit him in this back little cupboard. I stole a Budweiser and a Coors, <laughs> and I drank them both and went and fought this big, this eight-year-old kid and beat him up. And I was, you know. Well, starting early. So did um, what made you want to at five years old? Can you remember what made you want to steal these beers? Uh, Because that's what, you know, my mom was an alcoholic at the time and my stepdad was an alcoholic. And so for me, it just seemed like, you know, like, I I don't know. It's what people do. It was the thing. 
Yeah, it's what people do. Yeah, and, and that was cool to you know to have some. And they're you know they're passing me the doobie and they're passing me the beer back then too. You know, all that. You know, no worries. I, I you know I turned all right, but um, well not all right, but no worries. That's a whole different story. But um, yeah, it, you know the but the first thing you know, I'd say with, with kids is uh, you know as, as soon as you say you can't have something, they want it. You know, yeah, that's true. Anything, anything from anyone, they want it. You know, and. uh it seems so basic, doesn't it? But yet people believe that with enough cracking down, with enough threatening, yeah, with yeah. enough violence, uh, that they'll yeah. actually the be able to stop jail, this. The more the, the more you prosecute, the more you know. I mean, putting putting you know uh, you know drug offenders in jail. I mean, what the heck? You know, I feel like, you, Ryan. Like, you know, all I, th- sudden, like, oh my I thank God, you for I the call tonight. Do, you know, yeah, you know? I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Jeff listening in Tallahassee. It's WFLA-FM. Hello, Jeff. Jeff, you're on the thank air. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Go for it. I, I appreciate it. Um, I generally agree with a lot of what you guys are saying, actually almost all of what you're saying. Um, but I wanted to br- bring up a sort of a, a, a topic about you sort of touched on it before, and you said, um, you know, you've said in the past that, you know, you you agree with liberty in, insofar as before it, it hurts someone. And my, my argument was I, I guess I agreed with the lady before, too, that said she didn't want to – sit at home and sort of, you know, encourage your children to drink. But by the same token, is if they're, if you know where they are, they're not sort of out on the road hurting someone else. And, and I sort of wanted to raise the issue of the topic about for further discussion with you gentlemen, as far as where, where is, where's the liberty and then, and then as far as the responsibility, because I think sometimes those are, you know, who's responsible, especially for these, these children that are basically, you know, not very responsible, <laughs> and and they don't know their limits until they sort of get in there and and you know drink a couple times and oops I killed someone while I was you know driving drunk on the road or whatever. Uh, and I would like to hear what your thoughts are. On I that. don't know if I quite understand your question. Who's responsible in in the circumstance of an oh, underage drinker killing somebody? Y- yes, in in terms of that, you know, it's like you know you I, I'd like to have everyone do whatever they want, you know, but the fact of the matter is is. Teenagers, you know, sometimes are just not responsible enough to understand the consequences of their actions. And, well, I think um, that that uh, the individual would be responsible. I mean, even though they're a teenager, they make choices. And if you're able to make adult choices, then you should be accepting the responsibility of those adult choices, whatever that might be, whether it's getting uh, really sick because you drank too much or, or causing some sort of damage or, or harming somebody. Uh, I, I think that people should be responsible even if they're under the age of 18. Yeah, and I think that yeah. the, the idea that you're going to police, uh, you know, that, that you're going to police the, the, the best of society by the standards of the worst of society really just brings down the behavior of everyone because some kids and some kids would even in the under the best of circumstances some kids uh, would would not be taught how to properly consume alcohol they would not be taught the appropriate times to use it the appropriate uh, times to drive a, v- a vehicle they, um, they they wouldn't listen to this uh, this, this kind of uh, you know the, these messages and I, I think that's absolutely true you're going to have that circumstance you have it today and I don't know that you're going to see an increase, a decrease, or anything, because I think kids are getting just about as much alcohol as they want. Um, uh, you know, I, I I certainly did um, mm-hmm. when I was in, in, yeah. in high school. I, you know, I, I had all the alcohol I could possibly want. I carried around a 1.75 plastic liter bottle of alcohol in my backpack. I hid it in my uh-huh. room. When I wanted to have that stuff, I had it with me. So, um, 
you know, I don't know that 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 changing these laws is going to increase the amount of kids that are driving drunk, decrease the amount of kids driving drunk. I don't know. What I'm saying is, is that there is a way to treat people that are go- that's going to make them act in a more uh, responsible fashion. And I'm I'm with my partner here. I think that uh, I think people should be punished for their actions, not for the actions of someone else and this sort of future what could happen regulation kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with you guys. I think you're right on. Um, I guess my, my concern is that sometimes the, uh, you know, the liberty and the responsibility sort of overlap to a, to a modest extent, and sometimes they're not always mutually compatible. And, you know, I just wanted to see what... It's wh- a scary where, where world because... Line, I guess, is it, the, it's a scary yeah, world yeah. because people have been uh-huh. separated from responsibility for their actions for mm-hmm. so long. And here in, in America, you can, well, you, you can spend all the money you want and then use the bankruptcy laws to get out of, of, of you know, the consequences mm-hmm. of your actions. Indeed, an excel, excellent point, excellent point. Right, and, and what Indeed. I think is that people should actually be responsible for their actions. I don't think a person who did not um, intentionally commit a crime, like going out and drinking and killing someone, I don't think that prison time is going to fix that situation. Because yeah. I was in prison for nine years, and I can tell you, putting a bunch of uh, people who are in for vehicular homicide uh, with with real murderers, uh, real thieves, and uh, real arsonists and real criminals does not do anything to make those people better. It might scare the bejesus out of them, but um, it doesn't it doesn't teach them how to be better people. I think, in fact, those people should have to uh, have to compensate the victim's family, the victim, mm. and uh, you know, actually pay for all the damage. Damages, all of them, and Absolutely. a punitive amount also. Liberty and responsibility yep. go hand in hand. And I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, you can take control of the airwaves here at the live Saturday edition of Free Talk Live. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231, inviting you to our website. We've got a lot of features there, and they're free, including our bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. And uh, the the phone lines are brought to you by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a collections company. They do early out billing. They purchase charged off receivables. If you own a company and you're having a difficult time handling accounts receivable, and who doesn't because nobody got into business to do this, well, except for the folks at SACL CAI, uh, they have the best equipment money can buy. They record every call so that you can listen in and make sure that they're treating your customers with respect. That's how they run their business. They They don't threaten people or scare them or anything. Sickle CAI. Go check them out. The banner's at freetalklive.com at the top of the page. Continuing with your thoughts on whatever's on your mind, Mary is listening in Ladies First. Mary in Tallahassee, listening to WFLA-FM. Hello, Mary. Hey, how are you guys doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? 
Um, I just wanted to get your take on whether abortion um, should or shouldn't be considered a victimless crime. Oh well, boy. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talk Radio Hell. Um, we, uh, my partner and I tend to disagree on this issue, and I would like to first throw out the caveat that there are lots of people that believe in liberty, that believe um, one way and the other on this particular issue. Um, they believe that, uh, you know, I, I think that you can believe that abortion is murder, and it's the killing of, a, of an individual, and that murder should be prosecuted, and the people that, that, that commit murder should spend time in prison or whatever it is that you think and that you can still believe in liberty because you're, you believe this is murder. You can also believe that por- uh, abortion is uh, akin to prohibitions of all other sorts. And it, it absolutely is. It's an it's an, a prohibition on ending the life of a of a, uh, a zygote or you or, mean if it were illegal. It, it would um, right if it were illegal. That would be it would be a prohibition. There's currently yeah. a prohibition on what third trimester and that that kind of stuff. But um, I, I so I th- I think that this isn't a liberty issue at all. There's there's two sides of this, and it can go either way. Well, I, I personally am of the opinion that it is the ending of a human life, and I don't see how you can look at it any other way. I also believe we've tried prohibition in this area, and it's failed. So it, I think it's immoral, but I don't think it should be outlawed, if that makes any sense to anybody who's not a li- liberty-minded individual. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I think where, you know, where I kind of come from is, you know, if you're going to count it as a victimless crime, then you would need to be able to, you know, say that the that the child is not a victim. You know, you basically it depends on your definition of the zygote, the embryo, et cetera, and whether or not it could be considered a a, a victim, you know. I'd which also would have point to out- follow along the lines of, okay, well is it life yet? I'd also point out that, uh, that, that you know, with today, with the way things go today in society, men have very little say in this. And that if, say, for instance, a woman decided to get an abortion and, you know, it was the man's baby, too, that that guy could claim some kind of damages. damages. Um, also, you know, when you talk about ending the life of a uh, of a, uh, you know, a, a zygote or a, uh, you know, embryo or whatever, you know, what are the damages to that harmed individual, the embryo? The embryo doesn't know life in the same way that we do. Um, you know, the, 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 the next of kin is the one who committed the act. Um, so you have this very, you have this strange situation. It's also the same situation as the, the women's who, women who kill their, their, their infants. You know, this is, this, it's very odd and society has to deal with it and it, it's never pretty. And I think it also comes down to where, you know, the child is not anybody's property, where, you know, when someone says, well, the woman has a choice to do with it as she will, you know, so then do we now consider the child to be something that's owned? You know, if a child is aborted and the father didn't want it, is that, you know, something that the father could lay claim to as property? You know, and it, it's not again, property. it becomes um, the definition of life. Right, it's it's not property. I, I think that uh, people. What's yeah. not property? That a, a child isn't isn't property, whether that child's in the body or outside of the body. Well, but you have control over that child, and you have the you ability. Have, I have control over my child. Right, and until that child uh, decides it wants to strike out upon its own, it is uh, whether it's. I'm not saying it's owned necessarily, uh, but you, if you have control over it, then to some extent, isn't it your property? You have just painted yourself into an incredible corner, my friend. I've got a two and a half year old son. Now, what if I decide to toss him outside in the winter in New Hampshire and shut the door? Um, if he, if he freezes out there, that the child may be possessed but is not owned. You know, and so. You know, if you look at even the biological definition of life, 
from the time, you know, and all the, all the things that must be in, in place, that it has to grow, it has to, you know, be able to come back to homeostasis, it has to have a, um, a potential to reproduce. And then you look at a fetus, and, you know, if you define it just biologically, it is life. And it's not property. It's not a thing that you own and can, can do with what you want necessarily, just like you can't kill your child or leave it out in the cold, you know. And so in the same way, when we look at, if we look at it constitutionally, where we have these unalienable rights of life, liberty, and property, or rather pursuit of happiness, you know, yes, you know, we do have liberty and we operate under liberty, you know, where we can do what the, to the extent of what the government allows us, you know, what we will, as long as it doesn't harm anybody else. You know, I think it ultimately what the age-old argument is, is, you know, well, is this fetus considered alive or not? Is it considered a human or not? And I don't think that anybody's ever going to come to an agreement on that one. uh, I'm of the opinion that it is uh, a woman's body and that she does uh, get to choose, and I don't think it's an easy choice to make. I think that there are enough consequences uh, physically and mentally from having to make a a decision like one to have an abortion, and I can only imagine what that might be like for uh, for a woman. Uh, I think that that's uh, personally. I think that that all of that is is punishment enough for her, and I agree that uh, that it should not be prohibited. And I think that as things go on, uh, the people that are anti-abortion and want to save every single fetus out there should come up with creative ways in the marketplace to do that. Like, for instance, offering cash uh, to mothers to take their right. babies all and the way. The government to term. should get out of that business. The government should absolutely let people sell their uh, children. And if that's what they, you know, want to do in, in, a, in an adoption situation. I don't think that would lead to, to anything positive for anybody. I mean, even now we see that. But they're already doing that. believe that it's okay to just have additional children because they'll have a larger check. But they, they already do that. Paying I mean, people to create a child that they're responsible for, whether they acknowledge that responsibility or not. You know, and then to just hand them a check, whether in the free market or no, in the no, government. No, no, maybe I didn't express myself correctly. I mean that. Oh, I absolutely mean this. The the fact <laughs> is, today people will can pay scholarships for mothers who have kids, and they can you know basically put this money away for them, and it's essentially paying them to have children, and it's happening already in America. Plus the fact that you're talking about um, you know people that can't have people are getting uh, you know having kids later and later. It's resulting in uh, you know older women trying to have kids with you know they shouldn't from a from a biological and genetics uh you know standpoint evolutionary standpoint and um you know that they those people want kids they want to they want to enjoy a family also there's a difference between welfare which is forcibly taking money from people and having government bureaucrats decide how to distribute it and the Presbyterian Church uh, getting together and raising money to uh, to help young mothers uh, not have abortions i think there's a big difference there don't you yeah, when you lay it out that way, and it does, it makes it makes a lot more sense. You know, in my in my personal experience, when I've seen people give, if they expect, is, I think that's where where the line is. If they have an expectation that they're going to be paid money, they're going to receive some sign some sort of incentive, whether it be additional food stamps or just additional money each month, because they have one more child. You know, and oh, I agree. That's children. bad. Then we're talking yeah. about a system. We're talking about but welfare. The and marketplace I... will come up with solutions. It is the it's the very best system for handling this. Um, you know, I I agree that there there are problems rife, but there are problems currently with what we have going on today. And I feel that it's the anti-abortion uh, crowd or the pro-life crowd that has really fallen down on this uh, because they believe that the way to solve the problem rather than uh, yeah rather than yeah. offering ways to help 
help women get uh, adoptions. It's crackdown time. Right, is to show pictures of dismembered babies. And it is just, it's offensive. I'm anti-abortion and I'm offended. So if they're if they're taking the crowd that agrees with them and offending them, boy, do they uh, do, are they doing things wrong? Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight, uh, Mary. I appreciate hearing from you. Thank at you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one, and hopefully that uh, addresses that issue. Oh no! For the remainder of the show, no but deal. you can bring up anything. So take control at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. More coming up. Your calls as well. It's free talk live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the show. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI, toll-free line 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You'll find that the features on the site are free, so enjoy those. And if you want to help support the show, you can become an amplifier. Free Talk Live amplifiers. Mark, what is an amplifier? Uh, amplifier is a person who voluntarily chooses to to join our little mouseketeer club here at uh, Free Talk Live. You uh, you get some uh, some perks. There's a uh, uh, an amplifier only forum on the BBS. There's a call in line. There's uh, a podcast that has no ads at all in it. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple other perks. You help me out with them. Yeah, there are. You can learn more over at amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up with any major credit card, PayPal, or some alternative options, and it helps us because we take that money and reinvest it into the show. We use it to get on more radio stations around the country. Uh, we expand, expand the show out on the internet uh, to get more people listening and more people exposed to the ideas of freedom. So if you want to help us out, go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. I'm back to the phones and the fun with Randy listening in Tampa to WFLA. Hello, Randy. Hello, sir. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I was listening to the, the earlier when you were talking about the, the kids and alcohol. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I remember I, as a child, I got my first sip of beer out of a baby bottle. <laughs> and yeah, I thought it was funny, too. I, I still laugh at it this, to this day. And as life went on, I drank and drank and drank. I didn't, I, don't get me wrong, I didn't have a lot of parental upbringing. I pretty much did what I wanted to do with this life as I did. And I got to a point that... um. I joined the military. I joined the Navy. I spent 20 years in there, and I retired from it. And I'm still, I'm currently, and as I say this, over this last year, I realized I'm an alcoholic. So, I drink all the time, and, and I, I want to, I'm not going to blame my parents. I'm not going to blame anyone, but I'm just telling you, I, I don't think exposing children to alcohol is a good thing. Well, I guess I mean, I, the question. I understand, I understand there's a point, yeah, they're, they're going Every child is going to do it. Mm-hmm. But, do I get the freedom to make my own decision as a parent, though, about that? You can have your opinion as far as what you, whether you think it's good or not, but would you allow me to be free to expose my kids to it? Well, absolutely. I okay, have no great. problem with that. Cool, man. I well, just don't think it should be done at an age where I was. 
Yeah, I don't think that uh, it doesn't seem like a good idea to give a, a toddler, <laughs> uh, you know, beer in a bottle. Although I've seen it done, and um, you know, I kind of wonder about it. I I haven't chosen to do that uh, for myself, but you know, I also kind of ask myself: Is uh, you know, is it the the giving the child in your case? Is it the giving the child uh, the beer at a young age, or was it the kind of family that would give beer to a child in a bottle well, that resulted? I in think that? it's the kind of family that would. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to lie, and I'm going to blow smoke up nobody's behind. Uh, I'm. I am from a family of a long line of alcoholics, and I don't know if it's hereditary or not. But and then that, that that's a problem that I have. You know, I don't know if it's um again, I don't know if it's hereditary or not. But hey, as long as you're willing to allow other people to make those choices for themselves and their families, I don't think there's an issue. And I well, think yeah, 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 yeah you're mm-hmm. right. I, I see no problem with no one, but I just think as a but before the age of 15, I would say no. It's your experience, and it's not you know it's not an invalid one. And I thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Let's continue and talk to Liberty calling from Las Vegas. Liberty, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi there. Hey, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, I wanted to um, talk about um, the uh, Islamic banking system. Are you familiar with that? Can't say I am. Islamic banking system? Not really, no. Do tell. Yeah, well, um, uh, I just came across some information, like a source that doesn't want to, you know, uh, reveal his name. And um, he explained to me about the real reason behind the war, why Bush went to war uh, with um, Iraq and those um, Islamic countries over there and why they're trying to wage war with Iran and so forth is because of the Islamic banking system and the name of it is called um Wala Wala ha, I'm sorry Hawala H A W A L A and I kind of looked it up online and um and there's a lot of bad stuff about it claiming that it's a scam and all this stuff but um the truth is that it's been a banking system that's been going on uh, for ancient times before this central banking system was devised, and that the what are new the, world order. Wait, wait a minute. What are the tenets of this uh, banking Wa-la-la. system? Why is it that the the, the American government uh, would be interested in waging a war about it or for it? Or I'm, well, I'm confused as to the point. Really, um, well, not, it's not the American gov- government. It's the bankers that control the um, American banking system that control the politicians. And, so and what would the American, what do they want to do about or regarding this particular they, system? Well, they want why? to exterminate the only thing that's stopping them from complete, total, global, uh, uh, one world bank is this, is the um, Islamic uh, banking system. How is that stopping them from having a one-world bank? Because they don't have total control. They want total control of all the banks. And what makes you think control. they have total control of the banks in South America well, or the banks okay. in other places of the world, or China, for instance? Because they have um, incorporated them over time, including Russia and China, about 20 years ago to accept the central, the Euro- Euro-American banking system, the central banking system, 
and um, China finally did. And uh, when so Russia you're saying the Islamic that, system is not centralized. That, you're saying um, I'm sorry, he, trying to understand. You're saying the Islamic banking system is not a centralized banking system, and that there's not one state bank no. that uh, authorizes all the all the rest of them. No, they operate in a different, totally different um, banking system. And how does but, it work? Um, Do you understand it? Do you have any idea? Is it? Can you explain? Um, yeah, they. Um, well, uh, there's. Well, the way that that they try to demonize it is, is that they cannot control that. That they um, had these um, these um, people that were uh, grant that are grandfathered in that are bankers, and they keep the tracks. But there's no track. Uh, there's no the records. Tracks, no um, records of and, what? And they, there's no. Re- there's no. It's not records like that. They can uh, uh, take. Uh, it's kind of like secret trust. And Mark, um, are you following this yet? I, I'm sure I've heard this this claim in the past, and I, um, you know, I, I, it, it doesn't sound like Liberty has a, a total grasp on it, and nor do I, quite well, honestly. I mean, I, I just, got, I just got privy to uh, yeah. this. Uh, today and and um and and the thing is a uh, person that told me this uh comes from that part of the world so they actually know what they're talking about and i was actually told not to say anything about this well, i i would say I'm the best advice here anybody's names or anything but i was wondering what your take on this was uh, it's know. interesting. I've never heard this before. Normally, you hear that it's uh, the wars of, uh, regarding oil, for instance, and some of the other uh, resources right. Uh, right. in the area. And I think because, that's believable as well. Uh, but uh, well, this is a new one to me. He's been telling me over some time because we've been friends for a couple of years, and he's been telling me over some time that that I don't understand. That I only understand part of the new world order and um, and what their agenda is and what they fear and all this stuff. You know. And, um, well, I don't believe in – personally, I don't believe in that, that particular concept. I think that there are different people around the world that are seeking power over others, and I think that they're, that to some extent those people are competing. They don't all agree, and they don't all want the same thing. And if what you're saying is true, then it's evidence that uh, there are a group of people that do things a little bit differently, and, the, and they're a thorn in the side of those who would otherwise prefer they not be, exactly. uh, not be around. Enough, enough to, enough to um, create false flags and, and false – um, reasons to go to war against them, perhaps. Well, thank you for the and, call tonight. I appreciate and, hearing from you. I, I think that certainly we know that uh, the reasons that the United States uh, government goes to war in many cases is because of, uh, well, the, the oil is one. I mean, getting the resources for their their buddies and corporations, uh, using taxpayer dollars to essentially subsidize uh, those corporate uh, expansions. Also, of course, the military-industrial complex profits uh, from any war efforts that the U.S. government might involve themselves in. So there's a whole lot of money at, at play. I'd have to learn more about this Islamic banking to really have any sort of significant level of comment. Well, it. it's, to me, it sounds uh, somewhat conspiratorial, I've, but I, you know, I don't know the whole story right like i've been told that uh when the axis of evil was given out by george bush it was iraq iran and uh the north North korea Korea. and that these were the only places that wouldn't participate in the world monetary fund and the uh, the world bank and and that kind of thing and so therefore they must crush them i I, you know i don't know more coming up here at 800-259-9231 that's the sacl cai toll free line perhaps somebody else with a little more experience in uh, living over that way, might have some insights as to this. Uh, 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is next. You take control. Free talk live. Now tell me again how this country is the land of the free and the home of the brave. 
How would you like to use the power of mass media and popular culture to send an anti-statist message straight to the heart of middle America? It's easy to do. Just request this song on the radio. Hi, I'm John Ringer, and let me tell you about my crazy idea. I wrote a song called My Country, My Ass. I sent this song to over 600 radio stations nationwide. Then I made a web page with links for contact and email for all the radio stations. My goal is nothing less than to change the psychology of the entire country. But I can't do it alone. I need your help. All you have to do is use the internet to request the song. Radio stations aren't like the government. They care what their listeners think. To request the song, just go to MyCountryMyAss.com. It's easy. That's MyCountryMyAss.com. This song is my message. Is it yours? Why don't you tell those jerks in Washington to stick their laws where the sun don't shine? Talk Live, hour number three is what we are kicking off right now. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features free, so head on over there, enjoy those. freetalklive.com. Last hour, Mark, we had a strange call toward the end of the hour about Islamic banking. Uh, and I think we've got somebody on the line that uh, maybe has more to say on it. Let's talk to Al in uh, Brandon, listening to WFLA in Florida. Hello, Al. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, pals. Hey, Al. Um, I was just, um, you know, listening to a particular guy. I don't know if I can name the names, but a guy by the name of Frank Wuko. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but I'm not. No, he's got a whole. Yeah, he's got a big deal going on uh, as far as Islamic. You know, things are going. I'm not the I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I really don't have any an additional information, but I do see, I do feel, and see danger. Um, I don't know how else to put it. What What's um, the danger? How to describe the danger to me? Well, you know, I'm not like like a, a Islamic phobia or whatever, but they have a religion that. <clears throat> You know, they have to bow down five times a day. They have to wear a burqa. They can't eat this. They can't do that. I'm a Catholic. I was only taught uh, think good thoughts and pray to God. And, you know, I, I, really, I really wasn't taught all this ex, exterior stuff, you know, like confessing, bow down five times a day. Confessing, ahead, not, con, like confessing, what? not eating fish, not eating meat on uh, Fridays. Rosary beads? Uh, never, have, never using uh, uh, protection, things like that. Well, you know, the thing was, you're supposed to eat a fish on Friday instead of meat. I mean, that was like the, that was like a symbolic almost, actually. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, these guys got to bow down five times a day. Their women have to wear these outfits. Have you ever seen a no. real burqa where they, where the, they can't the, even, they don't even show their the, eyes? Yeah, burqa isn't part of the religion. Burqa is a cultural thing. You can go around the Muslim world and you'll find, uh, go to Turkey and take a look at how uh, women dress in Istanbul. You'll think you're in New York City. Um, it's, uh, you know, that's, that's not the way that they have to do it. And you'll find that most adherents uh, to uh, Islam are very similar to most adherents to Christianity, they don't do all the, the extra crap that goes with it. It's only the fundamentalists that would do that stuff, right? 
Well, it seems to me, I mean, even here, I mean, I go to the park and I see women, you know, walking around and in the 90 degree weather and I live in Florida and, and all, and they got all this stuff on and these veils and everything else. And I'm, I just look at them and I go, why in the hell are you doing that? It does seem like a bad idea, no doubt. But what you'll find, especially if they're allowed to integrate into society, is that uh, over generations, and I'm talking about the second generation, the, their, their kids, that they yeah. won't be adherents to this philosophy, that they won't um, you know, act in that manner, that these things slip away very quickly. And as all you have to really do is look at immigrants from all over the world and how they acted once they got here. And what it takes to to integrate into culture, and how quickly immigrants, uh, as far as you know, from a generational standpoint, the third generation of immigrants largely cannot speak their native tongue. I've never seen anybody. I used to live in Florida, and I've never seen anybody walking around in a burka. Yeah, not a complete one. Not the one with the little screen uh, over the eyes. I've, that's the weirdest one. But I have seen plenty of people in Walmart or whatever walking around with the, the, the veils and, and the and the long robes and the you know, you know, they don't necessarily cover their whole face, but I mean they cover a lot of their body. Are you and talking I, about are you talking about the people with the dots on their foreheads? No, no, I'm okay. not talking about India. Okay, hey, I just, look, there's a whole bunch of people out there. Indians have a tendency to wrap their heads, uh, um, you know, and things like that. And that's what I was thinking of when it, when he was describing the dress. That's uh, the, the only time I ever saw any kind of dress like that down there were, were folks that maybe were of the Indian persuasion and were kind of oh. dressed traditionally. But so what? Why does all of that, why does any of that scare you? I mean, just because people well, have religious I, beliefs. I, I, all right, all right, let me, let, me, let me back it up with, let me back it up with this. It scares me because... As far as I know, and like I said, I don't pretend to be the most educated person in the world, but as far as I know, the Quran is the only religious document that says that if you're not that of that of that faith, you need to be killed. Well, there are all kinds of uh, crazy, violent things in the Bible. We were just talking about some of them last night on this uh, this program. And again, what does it matter what the what some old book says? What matters is what people believe and what they say and what they do. And most Muslims are very peace oriented. They believe that their their religion is uh, is based around peace. So, what do you say to them? Well, you know, if that's the case, that's fine. Okay. But why did okay? Well, let me one more. Let me, yeah. let me give me one more chance here sure. to say what I really. I'm afraid of. Go right ahead. And that is, okay, okay, the guys that, that, that went into the Twin Trade Centers, right, they weren't dummies. They weren't the average guys. They were doctors. They were lawyers. What? They were in... You're mistaken. What? They you're were mistaken. doctors and lawyers. Yeah, they're not mistaken. The people that flew into the Twin Trade Towers yeah, were not, were no, not, were no, not simple. No. Um, <laughs> not doctors and lawyers. Yes, they were. Look it up. Yes, they were. All right. He, sh- he said, send she me, said. Send me an email. <laughs> Mark at freetalklive.com. I need no- documentation because uh, it's my understanding that these guys were at the most college students and largely they were probably in college for the in- intention of uh, you know converting people and finding out more about Islam. Thanks, Al. I well, appreciate you- the call tonight. And I have to say that uh, people who believe in s- certain religious doctrine don't scare me. They don't scare me. What scares me are people that are okay with the idea of aggressing against others, and they cut across all all uh, manner of religions and non and non-religious folks. The people that are scary to me are the people that are willing to hurt peaceful people. I don't know who they are. Uh, I know that a lot of them work for the government, uh, but uh, it's it's not fair to just say, well, this one religion 
is the problem. No, it's people who want to hurt others. Where whichever religion, from whichever religion, uh, religion they come, uh, whatever their belief systems, whatever plot of land, it's the people that are in search of power over others. Those are the people that that are scary. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Oh, and I thought he was going to say more on Islamic finance, so I found a little something over at Wikipedia. And the fundamentals of Islamic finance, the term Islamic banking, refers to a system of banking or banking activity that is consistent with Islamic law principles and guided by Islamic economics. In particular, Islamic law prohibits usury, the collection and payment of interest, also commonly called riba in Islamic discourse. In addition, Islamic law prohibits investing in businesses that are considered unlawful or Haram, such as businesses that sell alcohol or pork, or businesses that produce media such as gossip columns or pornography, which are contrary to Islamic values. In the late 20th century, a number of Islamic banks were created to cater to this particular banking market. So if our earlier caller was correct in her supposition that uh, the war in Afghanistan and Iraq is based on the evil bankers trying to control the entire world's banking system, maybe... The idea that the Islamic's banking system doesn't support collecting interest is one of the things. Maybe they'd like to collect interest on all of those loans being made over there or something like that. I'm just I'm trying to figure out where, where I she couldn't was tell from. you. I mean, you know, so we continue with your thoughts and about whatever you want. Jimmy is in Tallahassee. You're on Free Talk Live listening to WFLA FM. Hello, Jimmy. Hey, how are you tonight? Super. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm, I'm a new listener, so I'm trying to understand your concept of liberty and freedom. Sure. Just just what does that mean? That, that I have the right to do anything I want to do, whenever I want to do it, to whoever I want to do it, however no, I want to do it? No, no. As long as you don't hurt anybody else, you can do whatever you want. So if I'm 12 years old and I want to get drunk as I can possibly get, steal my mother's car... Well, stealing is, is stealing is harming another person or their property. If you're 12 but, well, years old, okay, if my mother my mother gave me permission to take my to take her car. She don't you think me your mother's drunk as I wanted? Allowed me to take her car and go drive it. But then you'd be putting other people in danger. I'd I'd like to point out that 12-year-olds in today's society, especially when you're talking about states like Florida and uh, uh, Texas, they'll put these guys on on death row. I mean, I I spent nine years in prison in the state of Florida, and I spent it in there with, in some cases, 12-year-olds. So you're you're holding 12-year-olds responsible for their actions to some level, and I believe 12-year-olds are responsible for their actions if they decide to get drunk and steal a car. And I'd say the law would back me up on that. Okay. Tell you what, we'll so, let you come back with your next point if you'd like in a moment. 800-259-9231. More with Jimmy and your calls at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. And this is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition. So, you want to move to New Hampshire for liberty? nhmove.info has articles, links, and activism alerts to help you decide exactly where and how to make your move. Even job listings. Browse the inventory of Liberty blogs, sites, and media, or promote your own efforts, all free, at nhmove.info. If you're moving to New Hampshire, you better go now and bookmark nhmove.info. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. It's where you can go. A lot of features there, and they're all free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Go and enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. And the features include things like our listening options. So you can listen uh, around the clock, 24-7, to the latest episode of Free Talk Live via our live streams like uh, broadband and dial-up flavors. And also our listen lines that allow you to call from any phone that can dial in long distance. Go get the details and get listening over at listen.freetalklive.com. So how soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it to my son Jack all the time. It's kind of like Ayn Rand meets Dr. Seuss. Its simple story, graceful rhymes, and beautiful illustrations on every page will make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com, see some samples there, order today. There's a 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live with coupon code FTL at freemarketunderdog.com. All right, 1-800-259-9231. We continue, and uh, I believe Jimmy is uh, still with us. Uh, Jimmy, are you there? Yeah. Jimmy, listening in Tallahassee, I had some questions about the uh, the concept of liberty as it is being discussed on this program, and as we uh, made it clear, it's not about being able to do whatever you want. Uh, it's about doing whatever you want as long as you aren't doing harm to others. So go ahead with your next thought. Okay, so that the, the the bottom line for you guys is as long as I don't harm anybody, I can do whatever I want. Doesn't that make sense? A, well, yes and no, mm. because there there are there are unintended consequences um, that come into play. Um, intent, I think, is a big thing. If, if I intend to harm somebody, then we all know that that is definitely wrong. Well, sure. If you're talking about attempted, if you're talking about attempted murder, yeah. Right. Okay. But there are there are unintended consequences that that happen. I heard you mention vehicular homicide, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's an unintended consequences is that people die because people drink and drive. Now, should that does that mean that that person who drank and drove did not intend to harm anybody, but he he was not in control of his. Um, uh, his sight, his motor skills were impaired. He, he wasn't 100%. So he harmed somebody. But according to you, he should have been allowed to get in that car drunk and drive because he didn't want to harm anybody. Well, Jimmy, um, we did we did give multiple instances of, say, countries all over Western Europe where uh, young people do drink alcohol, and I'm sure they have access to combustion engines over there, too, so they could get in cars and drive. But in fact, the uh, several service people who had been over in, in Western Europe said that, it, that said that they their experience with people that young people that could drink in bars as, as young as 18 was that they were far better at drinking alcohol than young people over here in the United States. And that might be the unintended consequence of putting the prohibition on the consumption of alcohol and allowing parents to teach their uh, children how to consume alcohol. What do you think about that unintended consequence? Well, I, I would say to you, at what point in time do you start training somebody how to drink? Are, are we, is our intent or, or our goal to have a society that that is drunk or, or that is addicted to alcohol or to cigarettes or to anything else. So it's when, not my when intent. My child, when, my child, when my child's two years old and, and I want to start teaching him how to drink, I can give him a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and by the time he's 10 years old, he can be completely um, immune 
to drinking. That that child will be able to consume numerous amounts of alcohol and appear to be normal. But in, in fact, he will not be normal. He will be impaired and he will be um, not able to control himself Properly. So is this happening? I, Jimmy, you're, you're coming up with lots of fantastic situations here. Like, oh, my God, what would happen if people were giving babies uh, beer? But what about Western Europe? You have chosen not to, to step into that landmine that will blow your silly argument all to pieces. Is that are they giving their two year olds wine in Western Europe? I suppose some people are. I suppose most people aren't. That would be my guess. And what is happening there? And I would say that they have a far better. They have the the fact is they have far fewer alcoholics over there, and they seem to have a better understanding of prohibited subject uh, substances in that area. Is it is is it actually true that they have far less alcoholics? That's the study I read. Yes, that they have that they have a greater percentage of functioning alcoholics. That people don't perceive them to be alcoholics because that's normal to them. They see them in that state continually and all the time. All right, Jimmy. So so where do we stop? Normal to them. Where do we stop, Jimmy? Is it? Do you want to stop with alcohol? Do you want to stop with uh, drugs? Do you want to stop with uh, caffeine? Do you want to stop with nicotine? Which ones of these subject uh, substances do you want to outlaw? And which ones do you want to keep? I, I want I want the ones that society, our society, has deemed to be um, un, unfruitful, if you will. I don't think any of um, these things are particularly fruitful. T- Tobacco is not fruitful. Right. What does it bring? Right. They're addictive substances. Right. I mean, somebody makes money selling it. It's fruitful in that way. Is that good enough? The, the point The point is, we as a society have determined that that. There, there are certain things that are permitted by adults. No, I'm no, not imparting. You, you as a nanny statist have determined this. Other people have determined no, other things. No, I determined no, that it, I should be it, left it alone. Jimmy, I determined that I should be left alone by people who would dare to tell me how I should run my life. And by the way, I'd like to add something to the earlier comment, because I think Mark got you sidetracked on the drinking and driving issue. And I think that there's one more caveat that needs to be added to my definition of liberty. I think that you should be free to do as you choose, so long as you aren't harming anyone else, as long and as long as you're on your own private property. I think property, private property rights come into a big play here. So, for instance, when it comes to uh, the roads, those would be presumably in a true free market owned by private individuals or companies or charities or whatever, whoever would own them, and they would be able to set rules for how you would operate your vehicle uh, on their roads, and so therefore operating your vehicle in a dangerous manner, whether the reason for your dangerous operation is that you're too tired to drive or you're too drunk to drive or whatever, you're not paying attention in driving, uh, I don't think it matters. I think what matters is that you're a danger to the other people on the road and they would have a right to uh, remove you from their private property. So you should be able to do as you choose as long as you have permission from the uh, the private property owner or you're on your own uh, property you can set your own rules I, do, I, I, I don't have issue with doing what you want in your own house great I, 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 I so don't you would remove the prohibitions that parents have for giving alcohol to their uh, young for, to their children if as long as it's in their own house no I would not then you do have a problem be, with what people do in their house no as so long so long as those things, <laughs> um, You're a busybody, Jimmy. Why don't you leave people no, alone? No, no, no. Please hear me. If you you choose to live in the United States of America, do you not? No, I choose to live here. I was born here, Jimmy. I choose to live here, okay, the United okay, States but you, of. But you are also free to leave from here. 
Um, nobody, nobody is making you stay here. The, the the liberty liberty is me means freedom from slavery. You are not a slave to the United States of America. Oh yes, I am. They take look, no, Jimmy. They take no, up to fifty percent of your wages. Here. How can you claim not to be a slave if they're taking up to fifty percent of your wages? No, no, because because you can leave. But then I can just you be a slave somewhere leave. else. Right. It's just a bunch of slave farms, dude. I don't want to no. go to another plantation, Jimmy. That's and the I best you've got. You can go to another slave farm. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Appreciate the call. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, the live Saturday edition of the program. You take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you're sick and tired of the slavery, if you're sick and tired of the busy bodies, if you're sick and tired of the ever-intruding uh, government, the ever-expanding uh, state into your business and personal life, maybe you should consider a move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. If you understand what liberty means, as we were discussing earlier, the liberty to uh, live your life how you want, as so long as you do no harm to others, if you yeah. get that. Not our, not our definition of liberty, the Founding Fathers' definition of liberty. Well, I mean, some of them believed in slavery, though, so I don't know. If All they, right. Thomas uh, Jefferson uh, and uh, James that. Madison's uh, uh, definitions of liberty. Uh, yeah, well, maybe. They're not perfect. Right. They certainly were not perfect. Neither uh, are you, jackass. No, I'm not. I'm not. But uh, nonetheless, I don't like to cite the founding fathers because of that. Uh, anyway. Well, so many people have so much respect for them. And the, the suggestion, would you say there are greater men uh, from, a, from a historical and uh, standard than you and I? I don't know them, so I couldn't make that statement. Yeah, well, I think a lot more people have a lot more respect for them than they do for us. Especially guys like Jimmy who called in. That's fine, but, you know, then again, they own slaves, which means I can't have much respect for them. It, it was 300 years ago. Yeah. I, you're right, Mark. I can't say I wouldn't have if I were living in that culture back then either. I can't say what I would have done. I think that uh, I still think it's reprehensible. Sure. And so it deserves to be pointed out whenever they're held up as these icons. So uh, Frederick Douglass was a founding father, too. So if you uh, believe in the ideas of freedom and you know what they mean and you're willing to do something about it, join the Free State Project and make the move to New Hampshire and be around hundreds and soon thousands of other like-minded, liberty-oriented people who are here in New Hampshire and who are coming here from all across the world. Go to freestateproject.org as we continue with your phone calls. And we'll talk to Darren listening in Tampa to WFLA. Hello, Darren. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Darren? Well, I just had a, a question that I wanted to ask about the burning of the Quran. Burning of the Quran, okay. All right. And I personally, I think that a uh, preacher, reverend, whatever he is, is a jack. Got I'm it. I'm going to bite my tongue on that one. A jack ball. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But, don't, and no, I just want someone to confirm something for me. Sure, go ahead. He threatened, he threatened to burn it. 
Look what happened around the world. And then you got people going in the streets, they're, they're threatening to kill Americans, and which is no new news to me. Mm-hmm. But, again, come on. If the guy wanted to burn the Quran, do I agree with it? No. I absolutely do not agree with it. But just because he threatened to do it. And he, he gave a speech, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, and he's like, you know, he's not going to apologize. And I thought about that for a while, and honestly, I, I don't necessarily disagree with the man. Well, I think that a preacher's a person who should be uh, teaching ideas of love, uh, compassion, and uh, you know, mercy, and the ideas that that Christ pervade, um, and I think he did a very bad job of that. He reacted in a in a manner that uh, you know, just it. it or would you? I'm so on board with you. I, I totally agree with right, you, but right. and what I will say is that I do think that uh, there are a lot of Muslims around the world that could be extraordinarily thin-skinned. That uh, these these people and that, Christians, yeah. Well, it's it's true, but you don't find too many Christians uh, getting into the streets and uh, you know burning an effigy, somebody who draws a picture of Jesus uh, oh, or anything that, that, like that. So I think that the the Muslims tend to be more thin-skinned about this particular issue. I don't think that the best way to handle their thin-skinnedness is to draw pictures of Muhammad or, uh, you know, uh, b- burn Korans or anything like that. But I agree with you entirely. These people are a bunch of thin-skinned little ninnies that, uh, you know, really need to uh, grow up and realize that they've got a, a dumb old book. When you say these people, you mean those who are reacting are in, in such streets. a manner. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. And, and maybe, maybe it's just me thinking in my own little, narrow little brain. I'm thinking there, at some point, there's going to be a, a, a war between Christians and Muslims. There is a war and between I, Christians I, and Muslims. I, I, oh, don't get me wrong. I really hate having that thought, but that's the way I'll feel. I think that's what we're experiencing right like now. Um, it's, in, it's going on in really Iraq and Afghanistan. It's, uh, it, it's going on to a lower level in places like Yemen, Pakistan. Uh, there, there's a war between Christian nations and Muslim nations, if you want to use that terminology, nations that are predominantly uh, peopled by Christians and predominantly peopled by Muslims. And interestingly, it's the Christians that started it. Thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 in that, uh, you know, the the people who are over there calling themselves U.S. military vastly likely uh, would identify as Christians. The the men that... Their uh, officers' schools uh, have uh, been pushing, uh, you know, the Christian religion a great deal, uh, going after the, you know, the the fundamental... trying to convert people to fundamentalist Christians. George Bush would have identified as uh, as a Christian, I'm not sure how Barack Obama identifies as. Yeah, but, he's, uh, he's, he's, he's definitely Christian? he's going to identify as a Christian. I, yeah. I mean, there are people who argue with you on that point. And uh, well, of course, I think that it deserves argument because uh, these people that are calling themselves Christians but are aggressing around the world are not being very Jesus-like now, are they? Hmm. Well, that that's uh, you, who would Jesus bomb? I think Jesus would yeah. bomb no one. Exactly. So one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We continue with Mike in Charleston, listening to WSCFM. Hello, Mike. Hey guys, how y'all doing today? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Mike? Oh, not a whole lot. I was just listening to y'all's program, and and y'all y'all get some people's minds going on and everything, and uh, we like that. Uh, yeah, it's a good thing. Don't get me wrong. Yes, sir. Absolutely a good thing. Um, but to go back, I guess, to an earlier phone call whenever y'all were uh, basically a guy was calling in trying to understand your uh, stance as far as the liberty and the freedoms and the extent of it or the non-extent of it, um, you know, we all I think we all agree that we got to have some level of law and order. I mean, is that not right? 
I think that uh, I, I think that what you will find I, um, is that uh, on this show that we we tend to value freedom above anything. I personally believe that there should be some low level of uh, sort of a Republican government. However, I think it's an extraordinarily dangerous thing, and I think that the constitutions for these Republican governments need to be entirely rewritten to the point that yeah. say um, when legislators get together and vote on laws that they have to come to a quorum of say 90 percent or a hundred percent in order to pass a law i think democrats and republicans together would agree that murder is murder however i don't right. think you could get democrats and republicans to agree that uh, you know on on how the the government's energy policy should be i th- of the opinion the government should have no energy policy that the government should be simply an organ organization that uh, protects at its lowest levels life liberty and the protection of property. Except it's never been that. I'm against the idea of, of governments, of coercion, because that's all that governments really are, is just force. Uh, it's aggression against uh, peaceful people in many cases. But I do support the idea of rules. I don't know if you want to call them laws, but I think that there are two major, uh, if you want to use the term laws, major rules that one should follow in life, and I think they're very simple. Uh, one, do no harm. And two, honor your agreements. And I think that having a society built up around those two uh, tenets would be uh, much more uh, peaceful and uh, and productive than uh, than the one in which we currently live. Well, I think that I I, I don't disagree with you guys totally. Uh, I do some, which is fine. Which yeah, sure. I know you guys don't you know, agree with that. But you know, I think as a society and everything, I know we compare one society or one nation to other nations and everything else, um, and. It's not, I think it goes a lot deeper because it's not just one nation's different from another. I mean, I'm very different from you, you know. And even just, you know, some people have certain addictions. Some people are, are less, uh, less has less willpower to resist certain things. And, uh, you know, by that just definition, then I think we have to have some level of rules or guidelines or something because going back to the argument that y'all uh, had a little bit, not argument, but discussion, whatever you want to call it, whatever um, about, you know, uh, a kid in a house, you know, getting to drink alcohol at the age of two or whatever and being raised that way, you know, um, you know, what, where does child abuse come into play? You Let's know? talk about now, it. If you want to hang on, we can, we can dig in a little further into that because it's a good question. 800-259-9231. What about the care- parents that are doing something as far as raising their kids in a way that you disagree with? What about the parents that are giving their kids bleach in, in uh, baby bottles? Oh, boy. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Even in these remaining moments, we may have enough time for your call, but you'll have to make it now to 800-259-9231. And if you don't have enough time to get in tonight, don't worry. We do this seven days a week. Now, well, you and I us. you and I don't do it seven days a week. We, as in uh, the we who does Free Talk Live, because we have got some great uh, co-hosts that we have on during the week, and they take over on Sunday nights. So uh, tomorrow night you'll be able to listen to, I think Dale's going to be heading up the show 
uh, tomorrow night for the Sunday edition. Yeah, so. I believe he's doing a why does the world hate pacifists uh, uh, shtick. Should be interesting discussion yeah. uh, tomorrow night on uh, only available through our website. If at you free think Talk that Live. Amish people hate America, call in to Free Talk Live tomorrow night. Uh, you can, yeah, and it'll be same time as usual, 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. You can listen via our live streams there. Uh, and by the way, uh, this is uh, Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything, and our website allows you to uh, interact with other listeners in a variety of uh, manners. We've got chat room. Uh, we've got uh, the bulletin board system. The site itself allows you to create the content for the site. Go and see what I mean. Visit at freetalklive.com. Oh, uh, and let's continue with your phone calls, because we've got Mike waiting on the line uh, back in Charleston, uh, listening to WSC-FM, and we've been talking about the ideas of liberty, and uh, Mike, you're you're pointing out that some people have problems, and some people's families are pretty messed up, and you were going to go somewhere with uh, with your question or your thoughts on that, so please yeah, do. Yeah, actually, my, my, my point is, there is a level that I think everyone will agree that there is abuse when things get so bad that it affects somebody else, mm. and... At that point in time, there's got to be guidelines, rules, laws, something. I mean, is that right? You agree yeah, I with think that, that in, a, in a free marketplace, and that's what I advocate for, I, uh, I don't like the government. I, I, as I mentioned, it is the violent monopoly, and I think that we should find other ways uh, in the marketplace to solve our problems. Right. In, in a free now, marketplace, if you've got a family that is abusing uh, one of their family members, that's you know, doing physical harm to another family member, and, you are, and you're right that most people would, would agree with you that it's absolutely abuse like you know, physical beatings and things like that physical uh, whatever yeah then, then you could go have in somebody but we got to have somebody that's going to be able by a law or a rule or a right to step in well it wouldn't intervene. be law it wouldn't be a you know it wouldn't be this one size fits all uh, governmental law system it would be various different areas and different uh, markets and and how they handle these situations but one of the ways it could happen and it's hard to predict how the marketplace will handle something like that but one of the ways it could happen would be that if you knew that such an abuse was going on you could uh, call some sort of a rescue service or you could do it try to do it yourself where you you manage to get the kids out uh, from the house, and presuming they uh, would like to uh, be out of the house, then uh, if the parents tried to uh, to file some sort of suit against you for for kidnapping their children, uh, then you would sh- you would show in uh, in front of an arbitrator, a third party arbitrator, that these people were abusing their kids, and that the kids want to stay with you, or that the kids want to be away from their parents, and it'd probably be an open and shut case. However, do you expect do you expect this world that you're talking about to exist in our lifetime? I haven't the slightest idea, Mark. It I doesn't seem like well, it to me. But I, I think we talk enough about it. The world it, that you're talking about, I mean, when you step away from rules, laws, guidelines, or whatever, um, and you and you operate in a sense that your neighbor can come over and do things. I mean, our nation was founded on certain things, and those are the kind of ways that we kind of started out. You know, back back, you know, however many hundred years ago, whatever. And if they seen something their neighbor was doing wrong or whatever, yeah, a neighbor would step in. But we also had extremism where there were witch hunts for people where a whole city would come together and burn somebody at the stake because they felt like they were bringing an injustice to their city or something, too. Yeah, I, you know, I would so, also point out, um, I, I, get, I get where you're coming from, but we also have extremism going on in the government today. Many of these, oh, many of these HRS and DHS, this Department of, of Children's Services out there, are confiscating kids that are far better off uh, with their parents, putting them in homes where they get sodomized, brutalized, uh, fostered. Right. You know, I'm not saying they're all like that, but this happens. No. And um, as a matter of fact, there's a case in South Carolina where they took a kid from a mother for losing weight after birth and 
all infants do this, and they gave it to a couple that was close to uh, one of the senior people at the DHS. Um, why was this? It sounds to me like baby stealing. So you've got right. a point when you point, point out, when you point out the the burning of witches. You also have to point out, hey, we're burning witches today. Well, well, by the way, I don't support witch hunts. I think that uh, I want to live in a tolerant society where only in the most extreme circumstances would somebody intervene in another uh, family's business. First, personally, it's really none of my business uh, what goes on next door, and it would have to be the most extreme of circumstances for me to get involved. Uh, so I'm not interested in a witch hunt at all. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that in a society, if things were left to that, they could they could uh, build to that. But my main point, really, and this is my personal belief. Well, no, I, hold on. In a society in which in, in a society in which uh, people were responsible for their actions, which is what I'm advocating, then if you were to go and take a kid out of a home in which he didn't want to be taken from, then you'd be a kidnapper uh, at that point. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so if the kid likes what's going on at home, then it really isn't any of your darn business. But I mean, there's there's many cases out there too. Though you can look at and kids that were raised in an abusive situation, but they they don't know. What yes, you're right. Really I understand. They, you can bring up. Remain you, in that. I see where you're you know? coming from, and it's a tragedy. Certainly, but I would rather leave people alone. And and the perfect example for me on this one always is the FLDS folks, the people that many people would look at them and say, "This is abuse. This is brainwashing. This is sick." Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea that they're These are the fundamentalist uh, Jesus Christ Latter Day Saint po- folks that marry right. off their twelve uh, year old daughters to fifty year old men, men. Um, and it's it's you know that's their culture and that's the thing that they do. But mo- most Americans would look at that and they'd find it as abhorrent. And that's where I would say leave those people alone if you want to be left alone to raise your family how you want then uh you know you wouldn't want the fundamentalist folks pushing their particular system on you in the same way you shouldn't push your particular uh view viewpoint uh, on them anyway go ahead i'll make one point and then y'all can go on to the next subject but i i personally believe what you i think your your, your theology and everything is on track but to accomplish these things we have to come back to the individuality of it. We got to get this stuff started in our own lives, and then it affects our cities, then it affects our city governments, and it affects our uh, states, and then it has a trickle trickle up effect and and try to get some of the other chaos that's going on in our federal governments and everything else to work it out. You know, but I do believe that there is there should be some type of moral guidelines that is put out there that says okay. You know, we are going to live our lives with a respect for one another, and and we're going to live our lives to uh, to be morally correct, uh, whatever that standard may be. And then we, I do believe, there has to be some type of law enforcement of some level to come back and say, okay. Because if not, then we're just all running around with, with pistols on our hips and shooting each other well, if we feel like we're being wait, wrong. Wait a second. There so. was a time in American culture when, when people walk around with pistols on their hips. And I'd like to point out that a study was done on 10 uh, western towns, Dodge City, and uh, uh, you know several of them. You'd have to go uh, ch- check it out. But um, you know a study was done, and this these things are actually a tenth as violent and dangerous. They studied all homicides, as st- a tenth as violent as New York City, a 26th as Baltimore. We currently, what you have today is far more violent than the society where people walked around with guns on their hips. So don't equate guns on your hips with violence. Guns on your hips no, 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 means didn't. peace. I didn't. 
Well, I, now, Mike, I, 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 what society is a polite society. Mike, what I'd recommend for hey. you is uh, is to visit book.freekeen.com and, and check out The Market oh. for Liberty. It talks about how law enforcement, uh, that particular, uh, that, I guess, demand that people would have for protection can be satisfied by the marketplace, by competing agencies rather than this one-size-fits-all government monopoly. But to go back, I don't have a problem if everybody carried a pistol. I, I believe it would deter a lot of issues. It does up but here in New Hampshire, pull, I can tell you. If you pull out that pistol and you shoot someone, you better have a darn good reason. You darn you yeah, sure you, better. You better be you responsible. Sure better. You better be responsible <laughs> for your actions. And that's all we're advocating here is people being responsible right. and be free. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate it. And again, the website is book.freeking.com, the market for liberty, available in audiobook form and in PDF form as That well. guy's got a lot of the, the uh, you know concerns that I had early on, and I think he's got a lot of hope. Yeah, no doubt. Let's continue. Johnny is listening in Virginia Beach to WTAR. Hello, Johnny. Hi, how are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, the subject about woman has a right to do with her body, um, that's partially true in my mind. If, if, if I'm having intercourse with a woman and my sperm's deposited in her body and the sperm meets up with the egg, that's like an investment to me. Okay. In other words, her body becomes the bank and I put my money in the bank. That doesn't mean that my <laughs> money is now hers because it's in the bank. Um, it's well, still part mine. Uh, if it's you, part hers and if you, it's part mine. So if you I cut your I hair and leave say, it, a, wait a second. I if think you, I should have a say <laughs> in what happens with part of my investment. I agree that men uh, are treated poorly in the arena of uh, you know uh, parental rights, paternity rights here in America. I don't know that the uh, the analogy you have there is any more valid that you're yeah, that, that she's your personal sperm bank. He may have a claim than than, than the fact that uh, leaving hair at the uh, at the at the barber shop gives you a, a part ownership of the barber but shop. But in a more free market world, maybe the man would have such a claim. And may be able to get some sort of restitution in the case of an it abortion. It's possible. Thanks for the call tonight. We're out of time. See you tomorrow night for the Internet Edition at freetalklive.com. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752.